Welcome to the podcast, Estate Planning with Paul Rabelais, where we'll discuss the latest and simplest legal strategies and tactics available for you to protect your estate for yourself and your family, all in easy-to-understand terms. It's all about protecting your estate now, so you and your loved ones can reap the benefits later. And now your host, estate planning attorney, Paul Rabelais. Okay, so on this podcast, I, podcast, I'm going to address how transfers by potential Medicaid applicants or recipients, how transfers made at different times affect that person's potential Medicaid eligibility. In other words, what if somebody transfers assets out of their name at one point and then at a later point they transfer additional assets? All right, so I'm going to give you an example just to make it clear. But before I give you an example, let me describe some of the terms that are commonly used and when it comes to discussing you know, long-term care Medicaid eligibility. So one term that's used often is what's called an uncompensated transfer. If Joan transfers, you know, writes a check for... Uh, $20,000 to her son David and she gives David that check and David doesn't give her anything in return, that's an uncompensated transfer. You know, had had David given her a $20,000 car in, re in return for the $20,000 check that Joan wrote to David, that would not have been an uncompensated transfer. So that's one term that's used quite a bit in Medicaid eligibility. Uh, a a second area that likely requires some clarification is when there is an uncompensated transfer, who's receiving the uncompensated transfer? And that, that could be individuals or it could be certain trusts. Some people transfer, uh, instead of transferring assets to, the, to other individuals, such as their children, um, they transfer assets to certain types of trusts. And one of the reasons why people do that is because they don't want to relinquish that control that they'd be relinquishing if they just took assets of theirs and put them in the names of their children. There is a, a uh, loss of control that takes place when you transfer assets to trusts, perhaps for the later benefit of the children. That often can, when done the right way, allow the donor, the person who transferred, to retain some elements of control even after the assets are transferred. Another term used is resource. Uh, here in our Louisiana Medicaid Eligibility Manual, a resource as is defined as cash or other liquid asset or a possession that could be converted to cash. So if somebody owns some raw land or rental property, for example, that's not cash, but it is something that could be converted to cash, so it's a resource. And so there's all these terms that apply. So let's now let's take that basis and turn it into an example. Let's go back to Joan and uh, scrap the $20,000 she transferred to David. Let's just start over with Joan. Let's say Joan transfers, you could call them assets, you could call them resources, maybe it's money, stock, rental property, whatever. But Joan transfers resources valued at $400,000 and she does it 
on January 1st of the year 2016. The year becomes really, really relevant here in a minute. So Joan has transferred her assets, 400000 on January 1st of 2016. Joan plugs along. She's still living at home. No real changes to Joan's life. But then four years later, she makes another transfer of resources or of assets. And she transfers $50,000 on January 1st of the year 2020. Four years after the original transfer of $400,000 on January 1 of 16. Then, two months after that second transfer on March 1st of, uh, let's, no, let's make it a year and two months. A year and two months after that first, the second transfer of $50,000 on March 1st, 2021, Joan goes into a nursing home and she applies for long-term, long-term care Medicaid. And of course, she wants to qualify for Medicaid because the nursing home might cost five or six thousand dollars a month and if she qualifies for Medicaid um, she won't have to pay that expense in general. All right so she applies for Medicaid and 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 let's go through what would happen. Part of the Medicaid application process they'd be asking Joan have you made any uncompensated transfers in the previous five years? And so now here it is, March 1st, 2021. It's uh, five years and two months after the original $400,000 transfer that took place on January 1st of 2016. So she's like, no, didn't do that in the last five years. But she does say, you know what? I, one year and two months ago, I did transfer $50,000 um, out of my name. So that's the only transfer that I've done in the la in the previous five years. Other than those transfers, you know, Joan would be eligible for Medicaid. She has less than two thousand dollars. She meets all of the requirements, but because she did make a fifty thousand dollar transfer during the previous five years, then a transfer of resources penalty period applies. And the way to determine the length of the penalty period is you have to divide the resource transferred within the previous five years, $50,000, divided by what's called the average monthly private pay rate, which is used as the divisor in determining a transfer of resources penalty period. And that monthly private pay rate is determined to be $5,000. So you divide the 50, divided by five, and... Um, the determination is made that Joan is ineligible for Medicaid for 10 months uh, from March 1st of 2021. Okay, so what does all that mean? It means that since at least five years passed after she transferred the $400,000, that $400,000 is what many people refer to as protected. The $50,000 that she had transferred at a much later date, that causes a penalty period in Joan's case of 10 months. So what she should do? Well, some of the options are perhaps she should not have even applied for Medicaid. She could then return, uh, the, the donation could be returned to her and she could spend that money down 
uh, to less than $2,000, and then she could apply for Medicaid and she'd qualify. Or she could go just like the example said. She could apply for Medicaid, get, not, get denied, but be eligible 10 months later. Or in a trickier scenario that takes really a lot of understanding of the particular Medicaid rules, she could apply for Medicaid, get denied, Medicaid would assess her a 10-month penalty period, and then she could return part of the transfer to reduce the 10-month penalty period because our Medicaid rule says if only part of the asset or its equivalent value is returned, the penalty period is modified but not eliminated. So what does all that mean? So all that means is we get the question a lot. If we transfer assets um, now, but then later, whether later is two years later, six years later, 10 years later, if we transfer assets later, how is all of that five-year look-back thing affected? And so in Joan's case, once five years um, passed after the original $400,000 January 1, 2016 transfer, once five years passed from that date, then that transfer could not be used to penalize Joan. But a subsequent transfer of $50,000 on January 1st, 2020 could be used to penalize Joan if she applied for Medicaid within five years after that transfer. And then when the transfer is um, discovered, then you have to use the divisor, do the calculation to determine the penalty period that would apply. So um, what happened was, yes, the $50,000 transfer affected Joan, but it did not adversely affect the original $400,000 transfer that was made years earlier. Bottom line, if you have an interest in protecting what you have from having to deplete it all, because you got sick and went to a skilled facility or nursing home, then you really need to start early. How early? Well, because we never know when something might happen, the earlier the better, but at least five years before you step foot in a nursing home, not only do you need to start early, you need to get it right the first time. So a lot of people out there, they did something thinking that they were helping themselves and their family, but they hurt themselves and their family in the long run. So starting early, getting good help, get it right the first time is the key. Hope all that helps uh, with your you know, potential estate and Medicaid eligibility and elder law planning. Um, Y'all have a great day.